Okay, it's another uh, you know another big week for us in the division. So uh, it's always always tough with the Jets. Um, we know that. So uh, you know, first of all, just with uh, Adam, um, you know, I think he does a terrific job. Uh, certainly, we've had a ton of problems playing against him in the past. He's very good. Um, really good football coach. Does an excellent job with the team. Certainly, offensively, uh, creating problems for um, all defenses, especially ours. Uh, so, you know, that'll be a big challenge for us, just, you know, handling the, um, you know, the strategic aspect of the game, matchups that, that he creates. Um, same thing on defense. Uh, you know, Coach Williams does a great job. They're very aggressive on defense. They cause a lot of negative plays. You know, had the four turnovers against Buffalo. Um, they do a, a good job of um, mixing it up and making the offense, I'd say, uncomfortable uh, dealing with the different schemes that they utilize. Um, they keep it simple, but they, they're very aggressive and they create a lot of problems with a you know fairly, I wouldn't say it's a real complex system, but it, it causes a lot of problems. It, it has a good amount of balance and um, complementary plays along with disguise and, and um so it fits together well. It's obviously a problem to deal with. And, um, you know, Coach Boyer on special teams, it's an excellent group there. They have a lot of a lot of team speed. Um, you know, certainly, I'm sure, feel better about the kicking situation after last week. Um, but, you know, that's that's always a dangerous part of, you know, playing against the Jets. And um, so all the way across the board, you know, we got a lot of, a lot of work to do. I'd say mentally this is, you know, not the easiest game because of the, the amount of things that they do and how well they do them. So uh, that'll be a you know, challenge for us here uh, as well as just what normally comes with the preparation for the game. It's a very physical team. Um, you know, Bell, Crowder, two big additions offensively. Uh, you know, Bell's you know, clearly one of the top backs in the league. Um, outstanding with the ball in his hands. Great receiver. Uh, just a really hard matchup player and does an excellent job of breaking tackles. He's a hard guy to get on the ground, whether he spins, jumps over guys, makes them miss in the open field, puts his shoulder down, runs through them. Um, and Crowder, you know, provides a lot of versatility uh, for their offense without having to substitute, so they can use him in a lot of different ways um, in their jet motion packages, option routes, um, putting him in various positions. Uh, that make it difficult for the defense to recognize and defend. Of course, you have you know Anderson, who's been one of the top deep threats in the league. This guy's got tremendous speed and deep field playmaking ability. So they were able to really attack the defense at all three levels uh, on a consistent basis. And uh, so defensive front is good. Uh, Williams, Williams, uh, Jenkins, you know, Mosley, and they got a lot of good players. Adams, let's go right down the line. Um, we have good players at every level of the defense. They're explosive. They're contact. Big hitters uh, cause cause negative plays with their aggressiveness and, and contact play. So ball security and uh, making good decisions with the ball are going to be, be critical for us on Sunday. So. As we start the post game, just raise your hand if you want to ask a question. I'll call on you. Coach, uh, what does Coach Karnecki mean to this team, especially this season with a lot of movement on the offensive line? Yeah, Dante does a does an excellent job of uh, developing younger players and um, getting older players uh, and the, the playing group to play cohesively and uh, with good communication and uh, trust and accountability for each other. 
Um, he's an excellent game plan coach and an excellent in-game coach in terms of making adjustments and you know recognizing what the problems are and fixing them. So very fortunate to have had the opportunity to coach with him for going all the way back to 96 um, for so many years. 11 Coach, how, we always talk about Le'Veon Bell's running style, how he kind of waits for those blockers. How quick is that first step, though, when he sees it to get to the ball? Yeah, he's a very explosive player. Um, yeah, if it's there, he'll hit it. If it's not, he does an excellent job of setting the blockers up and um, making the defenders commit and then finding space and going. He doesn't, you don't see him running in the back of his blockers and running into a pile and things like that. He, he makes guys commit and then he finds space and is able to get to it. He's, he's an excellent player. What kind of challenges does Greg Williams the blitz packages, especially that they send at the quarterback? Yeah, they do a, a good job of um, uh, they, they run a pretty good amount of blitz man, and they add in quickly. So if, um, um, if the player blocks that the defender is covering, then he just adds in on the blitz. So four or five becomes six, six and becomes seven in a hurry. And they also have an overload blitz package, which is complements their they're single blitzers, um, but again, the single blitzers often end up as it looks like more than one blitzer because they get there so quickly on the add-in. So uh, it's a good; they have a good complementary package, and it'll be very challenging to not only our pass protection and run blocking um, schemes to get a hat on hat, but also for the receivers to get open quickly and to make adjustments based on the leverage that they play those uh, coverages with. From the limited film you've had on him with the Jets, do you see any differences between Bell this season and when you last saw him in 2017? Yeah, he looks pretty good. It's fresh. Yeah, looks good. Catches the ball well. Is you know very good in the open field. He's a strong inline run runner. So. They're gonna run. C.J. Mosley uh, was with Baltimore last year. Didn't play Monday night, but um, have you noticed? That he's doing anything different than what you saw against against Buffalo, and just how dangerous he can be. Very instinctive player. He's around the ball a lot. Uh, Ten career interceptions. You know, returns for touchdown. He's he's just makes a lot of tackles, um, and he's just around the ball. So, uh, like the interception against Buffalo, ball was bobbled. He picked it off. Same thing. He caused a lot of fumbles. He recovers a lot of fumbles. He's just you know, kind of always there. But. Reads things very quickly. He's a smart player, and um, he's a hard guy to get on misdirection and things like that. Play action, and all he he diagnoses those very quickly. So he's a good tackler. He runs well. Has good range. Um, you know, has good playing strength. He's I mean, he's one of the best players in the league. What have you seen from Matt Lacoste? What have you kind of learned about him? You know, I've seen him a lot in games, but in the practice field, meeting rooms. Yeah, um, Matt's very attentive, smart kid, picks things up well, works really hard. Um, you know, he's just been limited here since the Detroit, Detroit game. So, um, but he's you know he's tough. He's working through it. So, um, you know, hopefully, it just keeps getting better day to day. As far as progress with his um, comfort level in the offense, what did you see um, last week? Yeah, I mean, it's you know it's just been slow because he hasn't you know had the opportunities to be on the field as much as he would like or we would like or in order to get that timing and, and those repetitions. But, you know, he takes advantage and does everything he can do um, in the meeting room and walkthroughs and film study and, and the reps he has on the practice field. But, 
still we got we got a long way to go. He re he really hasn't played a lot of football with his teammates through no fault of his. It's just that's what it is. Just hasn't really played a lot of you know football in this year. What's the approach when a, your opponent's in an emergency quarterback situation like the Jets are now? Uh, do you have to prepare for the team sort of relying more on the run game and defense to take the ball out of the quarterback's hands as often as possible? Well, I think you know nobody knows the quarterback situation better than Coach Case does, and he feels like that uh, Falk has more experience in the system, which he does, than any other player that they have. So he was with them last year. He went through all the game plans, went through all the adjustments. Had a whole year of it in Miami. Um, you know, Darnold didn't do that. Simeon didn't do that. So I think that Coach Case has expressed the confidence that he has in his quarterback, and I believe him. You know, I don't think he would have brought him there, and he would have put him in there if he didn't have that. So uh, I don't expect the offense to change. No, he hasn't been on the practice field yet, but do you see K Caleb Benenock being more of an interior player tackle? We'll see. It's a good question. He's played both, uh, so we'll we'll see. Not sure. It's been about a month since Josh Gordon has been back with the team. How would you describe what you've seen from him in terms of how he's reintegrated himself with the team, and does it seem like a continuation of where he was last year? Yeah, I don't know. It's last year. Where last year ended, you can't really restart there. You have to start all over again. So, you know, Josh has worked hard. He's made progress. I think he still has a long way to go. Um, uh, we have 14 regular season games left, so we'll see how it goes. Matt, what have you from Jamal Adams that's made him such a dangerous player so early in his career? Yeah, he's very aggressive, physical player, contact player. Um, you know, very aggressive in the running game. He's fast. He's a tough player. So, you know, he, he's around the ball a lot too, similar to Mosley, different position, but, um, you know, he gets involved in a lot of plays, plays with great effort, you know, hustles all the time. It's, you know, it's a great motor. So more of an X's and O's type thing, but using the touchdown to Antonio Brown last week as sort of a springboard, when you have four receivers and one running back on the field, how does that put stress on an opposing defense? Yeah, well, it depends on how many defensive backs you have on the field. Um, yeah, we were running the same thing with, um, you know, last week with Drake, this week with Bell. Uh, it's the same thing. Like, there's really five receivers out there when, when you have a back like Drake, Bell, or Montgomery, for that matter, who played receiver um, earlier in his career at Green Bay. So, you know, if you have four defensive backs, you're kind of a guy short. If you have five defensive backs, you can match up to them, but then you have no deep help and you know, they're kind of blitz zero coverage. Uh, you have six defensive backs, you kind of you know, play whatever you want. Zone, zone. So if you want to play man-to-man, -man, uh, you just got to decide, you know, how you, how you want those matchups to go, um, how long you think you can hold up in them, uh, you know, or play zone. And... You know, if you feel like you can't match up, then you, there's a zone option. So, depend on yeah. You know, there's a lot of there's some different options there. It's definitely a problem. It's definitely a problem. You have five receivers on the field. Um, you generally don't want to put six defensive backs out there until it's third down, unless they're true receivers. Like when Pittsburgh was using five true wideouts, um, 
you know, Switzer kind of played a little bit of running back for him, but it's not like having Le'Veon Bell back there or Drake back there or somebody like that. So it definitely puts pressure on the defense. Feeling like you're seeing more of that? Just then maybe oh, we see it every day in practice. So it's, you know, we see James White and Rex Burkhead out there. It's the same thing. It's you, you have five receivers out there. Those are, you know, hard matchups for um, players who aren't good experienced coverage players playing at all the positions because those guys could line up anywhere. It's the same thing with Bell, um, again, or Drake or Montgomery, other guys like that. They could be outside in a corner type alignment or they could be somewhere inside. Um, and more of a linebacker or safety type coverage area, traditionally. Uh, so it's it's definitely a problem. Um, but again, we we've seen that every day in practice. So that's one of the good things about our offense is we've been able to, um, with no no backs or any more problem than these two guys are for us to cover. So um, you know we we've seen plenty of it. It still is a problem, but um, you know it's not like we don't see it every day in practice. Mark Daniels, uh, what type of improvement in development have you seen from Rex Burkhead just heading into this offseason in the first two weeks? Yeah, I mean, Rex has been a good player for us. So, um, you know, everybody improves and, and can work on little things every year. But I'd say overall he's been a pretty solid player for us. He plays on all four downs. Um, you know, he can run the ball. He can handle all our regular down plays. He's a good third down back. Um, James White's a great third down back. And Rex can play on all, you know, all four of the, all the big four, in a kicking game, kickoff, kickoff return, punt, punt return. So, um, he's you know one of the most versatile players on our team. Um, I'd probably put him in that category with Chung. You know, they can just you know, do stuff on every down. Uh, you know, Devin probably go in that category too. Um, maybe Kyle, but you know, there's a handful of guys like that that can just you know play on every down. But those guys are rare, um, and then to play at, at a high level like. You know, Kyle, Devin, Pat, Rex do is, I mean, that's, you know, as a coach, it's a tremendous luxury and to have on your team to, to have players that are that versatile um, and that, uh, you know, versatile in terms of the, the variety of things they can do and then that versatile in terms of, you know, being able to do it at a at a high level in, in all those situations. It's just, you know, you're lucky to have, you know, one, one of those guys on your team, maybe two of those guys on your team. You know, we have more than that, and so that's, you know, that's something that's really um, a great help as a coach in terms of game planning and also managing the entire roster because they just give you so much depth. Even if we never use it, it's still great because you just you you know that okay, well that position's secure. It might not come up, but even if it doesn't come up, you don't have to waste a lot of time trying to get somebody else ready because you know that you have somebody that you can put in there that can can handle that. Okay. Bill, I'm curious, as you're evaluating your running game, how much weight you put on situational runs, like the goal line runs or short yardage situations versus the overall picture? Because I think right now through two games, you guys are averaging about three and a half yards a carry. But it looks like in some of those short yardage situations, you've been pretty good. So I'm just curious how, you've, how you kind of assess that and how you weigh those situational plays versus the rest of it. Yeah, well, the situational plays, as you've identified, are very different from the other ones. So it's really being able to get a, a yard or two when it's third or fourth and one is more important than being able to get five yards on first down. Although five yards on first down is a good thing too. Don't get me wrong. So, but you know, it's all important. Again, we look at the overall uh, production of our team in every year: offense, defense, special teams, run game, pass game. 
and the things that we're doing well, we want to continue to do those well. The things that we're not doing well, we need to do them better, either change them or or do what we're doing better, or you know, throw them out and find something else. So that's an ongoing process from early in training camp, but it really starts more at this time of year when you know when teams are playing you the way they want to play it, and not just out there you know running plays like they are in spring in um, preseason games. They're, you know they're not matching up now; they're matching up now. You're seeing you know they're trying to attack your weaknesses. You're trying to rely on your strengths. Are your strengths your strengths? You know how weak are your weaknesses? How you know how strong are their strengths? So that's something that we've got to constantly out evaluate. Um, look, sometimes you run into a you know a team that's very good at something, and so you're not going to have as much much production in that area. Or they stop one thing, but you find production somewhere else. So uh, you know that's part of it too. So we'll you know we just try to take all those things into consideration, do the best we can. I mean it's it's a great question, and it's it's a I would say the answer is not always straightforward. Um, what we have to, that's what we get paid for, is to find the right answer. So well, we'll just keep working on it. Two final questions, Ben Bolton. I just want to ask a follow-up to Mark's question about the versatile players. Uh, guys like Chung and McCourty, uh, Burkhead, are you able to identify guys like that when they're coming out of college that they can be guys who can be versatile and do a bunch of, or is that something that develops? Potentially, yeah, potentially. And look, and I'm not saying we're right on everybody. You know, sometimes you look at guys and you think, yeah, this guy can, you know, do these things. Maybe he's done them in college, maybe he hasn't. It's a lot easier if he has, if you've seen him do those. Although that's not a lock that it's going to happen at this level, but you know, at least you've seen him do that. So okay, that's good. Um, some guys you maybe haven't seen him do it, uh, and then you don't find out until later, like Edelman, that. He can return punts. He can cover kicks. You know, he can play receiver. I mean, we didn't know any of that about him. So, you know, sometimes it's you think, well, maybe. Um, you know, but I mean, that's why he wasn't drafted in the second round. I mean, there was a lot of questions about him coming out. So, you know, he's answered them all. Um, but there was a process for that to occur. Devin Chong, Kyle, and those guys were, you know, highly regarded coming out of out of college. They've had good careers. Um, and they've done a lot of things really from the time they came into the career, their career, whether it was like Devin returning kickoffs and, you know, playing a cover, like he could play on everything, but, you know, it's, it's hard for us to, you know, play your starting safety on every play, but he's had to do it at times and he's done it. And the same thing with Sean, Kyle, you know, Rex could play every play. Um, but right now we have good depth at that position. We're able to utilize multiple players. So as I said, when you're, you know, when you're coaching special teams and you got, you know, 66 players that have to be backed up by another 66 players. Okay, and you only have 43 on the roster, 45 on the roster, 46 on the roster. But you really don't have that because you have your specialists, you have some offensive line, you know, quarterback. I mean, you when you get rid of those guys, you know, you get your roster down to about 30 in a hurry. So now you're trying to back up 66 players with another 66 players. Forget about offense and defense. And that's a whole other conversation. You know, I mean, if you have a guy like Burkhead that, okay, well, he can play these three spots on the kickoff team. Chong and McCourty, they can play these three spots on the Okay, you can back up the whole kickoff team with two or three guys. You know, that's a good thing. You might not have to use them, but, again, you don't have to get ten other guys ready for all that when you can do it with two or three guys or same thing on punt return, punt team, things like that. So um, there's a there's a hidden effect there, and, like, yeah, nobody knows. Nobody even cares. You know, until you get an injury, then you get a punt blocked. I mean, then it's, you know, it's a world crisis. So 
it, it can go in a hurry. And but those kind of players give you tremendous value, versatility. You know, guys like Hightower and Collins, and you know, look at the end of the year. You know, they might not have a lot of have a lot of plays on special teams, but to have them and know that they're ready to go if we need them and they don't need to take half the reps in practice to be ready to go, you know, gives you the tremendous value as a team and it allows you to use the players who are going to play to give them more reps that go through more things with them and help better prepare them without having to, you know, spend time with those backups. So it's, um, I would just say, you know, until you've been through that, which I mean, as a special teams coach, I was went through that for many years. You, you know, I don't know if you really appreciate how valuable those guys are. I certainly do. Last question, Henry McKenna. With Antonio Brown, now that you've had a week to see, you know, how he fits in your offense, is there any level of you starting a guy that talented, you starting to think about designing plays or elements to your offense that can help you use him as a matchup threat? Yeah, sure. There's things you can we can utilize him for, or. Josh or you know anybody else it, it, it's just a question of volume and again time and reps so I mean, you can't put in 20 new plays and you know when you have I don't know, call it 90 plays in practice over the course of a week I mean you can't put in 20 plays and expect to you know be able to rep those and get them right and then do all the other things you have to do so you have to be selective you know what if you want to put in something new then you know how much time can you allocate to it how much are you going to use it how effective is it going to be like, do you really want to put in a play that's going to gain five yards and, you know, waste 10% of your practice reps during a week on that? You know, I don't know. I'd rather work on a play that's going to gain, you know, 50 yards. Or, you know, so you just have to decide how you want to do it. So can you expand it? Sure. It's not infinite. We're not in training camp. We've got to get ready for a game. So there are other considerations um, with other parts of the team and other players on the team that you just have to try to balance all that up. But, you know, I'm sure each week we can – you know, add a little more with new players, whether it be, you know, Newhouse or uh, Corey or Antonio or Josh or Malakos. I mean, there's another guy who hasn't played very much football, those guys, as they get more back into the, um, in this case, offensive flow. And yeah, but I mean, it's not, it's not limitless. We just don't have that many opportunities. Okay. All right. Thank you.